Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Tes My Best Teacher podcast with me, Bronya Hallahan, standing in for Dan Worth. Today's guest is singer-songwriter Gabrielle Bob, most recently seen on ITV's The Masked Singer as Harlequin. She's also been involved in the 2021 music campaign The Big Sing, bringing songs to the classroom after lockdown. She chatted to us about her school days, including how her English teacher inspired her with poetry, which turned into songwriting, the joy of performing with friends, both officially on stage for school productions and the more impromptu types of performance in the dinner hall, how she sometimes got into trouble for being a bit of a chatterbox, and why she believes singing needs to return to the classroom after lockdown. Thank you so much for being a guest on our My Best Teacher podcast. Thank you. We should probably start with, where did you go to primary school? The main one for me was in Brockley in South East London. Yeah, it was called John Stamer. And you say your main one, was that, did you go to two different primary schools? Yeah, because um, when I was younger, I was at another one. And then from when I was, what I can remember, yeah, the second one is my main one because the first one, we moved house. So when I was younger, I was in one and then I went to my main one before I then went on to secondary school. So my primary school was what I consider my main one, the one in Brockley, yes. So yeah, let's scrap the other one. This is the main one, yeah. The one that's more important, yeah. And then how about secondary school? Where did you go on to secondary school? Right, right. My secondary school was in Peckham. It was an all-girls school. It was called Collingwood Girls. And that was in Peckham. And um, yeah, it was... Yeah, it was it was a nice school actually. Considering it was, you know, I can't be saying much because so many years ago. But yeah, an all girls school. Um, I think I would have been better off in a mixed school because girls. I shouldn't say girls are witches, but as a woman, <laughs> I went to an all girls school and they were night they were a nightmare. But anyway, but it was still fun. But I'll say no more. So thinking back to primary and secondary school, is there one teacher that really stands out as being a particularly inspiring or memorable teacher? Right. The only inspiring teacher for me was my English teacher. Um, Her name was Miss Fieldhouse. She was, yeah, an English teacher who forever and a day I'll always be grateful for the fact that when she was teaching us about English and then we'd go on to poetry and she could tell that there was a bit of boredom in the class and she would, you know, like we would be encouraged to read, you know, all the old poems, but then, you know, at the same time, she would also say, right, now's your opportunity to write, you know, compose your own poetry. And, and that was it. I was off. She was like, well, I could write my own and, you know, and, and write something that was relatable. So, yes. Yeah, so, my English teacher, Miss Fielder, she was inspiring because I think because of her, I was able to go on and write my own songs. Oh, wow. And I can hear it in your voice. It sounds like that was a really freeing experience when she said to you, here, you can write what you want. Exactly. It wasn't just me. She said it's the whole class. And obviously some people would have been excited and some of the people may not have been excited. But for me, it was amazing because as much as, you know, you read poetry and stuff by Keats and all these other poets, poets but to actually be able to sit down and write something that you can relate to there's not hundreds of years old and you know it's very related to you in your childhood and and to be able to present that work to your teacher even if it's for her to critique it even though you know you don't ever believe it's going to be any good 
but it was the most ex, um, exhilarating experience for me because it was exciting. And, and just the moment that she said that, um, you know, po- poetry and stuff like that, you kind of take it and you look at it and you see it for what it is and it's beautiful. And even though it was crafted from a long time ago in comparison to what we do now and how, for me, my poetry became my songs, but there are those who just write poems and don't venture into the world of song. And that's how, for me, it was through my adventure with poetry that I was able to venture into the world of song because I love singing, I love writing songs. And it just was such a fabulous thing for me to be able to do at such a young age. And did you ever get a chance to, to tell her what she meant to you and how, how influential she was for you? You know something? Never. Um, once I left um, secondary school, that was it. There was no contact with the teachers so, you know, I'm hoping, you know, that she's still around because she was a relatively young teacher. I think that me being about 14, 13, you know, from about 11 to 16 when I was at the school, I think she would have been in her 30s. So I like to think, you know, early 30s, I like to think she's still around. And um, I hope that whenever I do interviews, I do tend to bounce around her name a lot. <laughs> And um, I'm hoping that she realised how important she was to me. Because initially, when you're growing up for me, I didn't actually realise her importance. I just thought she was a really nice teacher and I liked English. But, you know, looking back now and the fact that I have a career that spans nearly 30 years and, you know, I'm a singer-songwriter and it's like, oh, my God, you know, I don't think I would have been able to do it, you know, without her. Uh, yes, I would have been singing, I would have written songs, but I think it, looking back to music, she made it fun. It was down to her. Oh, it sounds lovely. Okay, so it sounds like when you were in English classes that, you know, you, you really took what the teacher was saying and went with it yes. and was inspired yes. by the lessons. However, is that typical of what you were like in all of your lessons? Hell no. <laughs> Can't you tell? I was a chatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> No, there weren't, you know, there weren't that many lessons that kind of held my attention. So, um, you know, but no, I wasn't like, I don't even know if I was the model student in English, but I loved English. But, you know, in terms of like the rest of, you know, the lessons, I mean, although I'd say to every youngster out there, you know, pay attention in class, it's important. And, you know, you won't know that you're going to enjoy it until you participate and see and give it a chance. But, you know, a lot of the other lessons, I was pretty much a talkative being. And if I wasn't in the lessons, it would be in the school canteen singing, you know, just singing and mucking about. But that was my passion. And I think the reality is now in this day and age, you know, we have to recognise that when we send our children to school, not every child um, is capable or even desiring to then spend the rest of their life doing an office job. Nothing wrong with office jobs, but some people be more creative and want to, you know, be artists, whether it's recording artists or someone drawing, you know, and I think we have to pay attention to, to those kind of people in our, in our classes as well as, you know, the likes who are more studious. So when I was at school, it probably didn't hold my attention because I wasn't as studious as some of those who would end up in these kind of, you know, amazing, I don't know, corporate jobs because they have a love of numbers or stuff like that I just wanted to sing now I'm going to make a prediction that because you are quite a stylish person you're quite artistic and you know you're you're known for for what you wear and how you put yourself together 
Am I right in guessing that you really enjoyed your textiles lessons? You know something? I did for a bit. I'm trying to recall my textile teacher, but off the top of my head, I can't really recall my textile teacher so much, which is really strange um, because I actually enjoyed textile because of the fact that my mother used to um, sew and she used to do piecework and um, where there was a, a Savile Row tailor who would like bring like this beautiful crafted pair of trousers or a jacket and she'd do one bit and then take it off to somebody else who would do something and in between that my mum used to make clothes like be- I remember beautiful skirts and beautiful blouses so um, it's strange that I, I can't believe I can't remember my textile teacher but I do remember enjoying it because I remember being about 18 once I'd left school and going to, De- not Debenhams, Army and Navy in Lewisham and buying a pattern, a Vogue pattern to make a jacket for myself because my mum had a sewing machine at home and I actually used to enjoy um, trying to make things. I was never as good as my mum, but you know, if, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just sorry that I can't remember my textile teacher. It's really crazy. And I know we did textiles, but yeah. So I'm sorry, teachers. <laughs> But I can't remember my tech. I cannot remember my textile teacher. Do you remember definitely having subjects that you preferred more than others? Like, what were your your yeah, favourite lessons I, on the timetable? My favourite. Okay, right. So the the subjects I preferred more than others. I used to like geography. Um, no, not geography. There was a teacher, but he might no, because I had two geography teachers. One was Miss Wally, but we won't mention her. She's my favourite, and Mr. Kelf. But I could be wrong because I remember being. 11 or 12 and are sitting there and he wasn't English I think he was I don't know where he was from but um yeah it's really weird I should have thought about this more but anyway I enjoyed it because he was a character so Mr Kelf was a character that I was sitting in his class and I I think he was geography but then we had Miss Woolley we probably had two teachers for that but I could be wrong so I'm I'm now gonna sound like a babbling fool but I enjoyed him I enjoyed maths not because I enjoyed maths, but because Mr. Price was the maths teacher and he was just so sweet. Not like, you know, I went to an all-girls school, so if there was a good-looking male teacher, all the girls were fancy, but you don't want to put that in your article. But Mr. Mr. Price was just this really lovely teacher, maths teacher, who he did. I know, I'm not probably your prime example of why you want to do this article because I'm not talking about the right things. But all right, let's talk about the lessons. Right, so... Miss George, my French teacher. I enjoyed French. I was rubbish at it, but I liked Miss George. Her name was Susan. Susan George. Miss Suzanne George, I'm sure that's her name. And she was really lovely. And she was Irish, if I remember rightly. But she was great at French. And I always wanted to learn French because I used to go to France back and forth. My mum's country, my mum from Dominique, and they speak Patswell, but she's broken French. And then I've got family from, yeah, from Martinique and Guadeloupe, and they speak French, that kind of, so I've got... Um, relatives in France so you know that I always kind of would love to have been able to master it but it was never fun and I could never quite get there but to this day I still remember a lot of words and I keep saying to myself I'd like to learn that's one of the languages I'd like to learn in for one day it's not too late I'm gonna be 52 this year they say it's never too late to learn but yeah I did enjoy French because I just like the way that Miss Miss George used to um just pronounce everything and she was really lovely so in terms of you know in terms of the quality of teachers she was a great teacher but I think that I was probably one a a student that frustrated her because like I said I was very talkative (laughs) 
I guess you know Thanks sometimes being you. chatty is useful in a in a French lesson. It's as, lo- as long as you're chatting in French, that's that's helpful. Exactly, or trying to, you know, or trying to. That was my thing, <laughs> trying to make a joke of it. But that wasn't that great. But yeah, definitely. But I, I did enjoy Miss George's lessons. Yes. Now, lots of schools often put on like French exchanges. Was that something that you got? You took part in when you were at school? Did you ever get to go on any cool school no. trips? I know I never did, but I tell you what I did enjoy. I did enjoy when we had um, American students come over. Um, I don't, I don't know what age I was. Maybe about fourteen or fifteen, and that was the first time by having we had exchange students, but we had ones come over from America. I don't know who. Went, I don't know if we sent students to America, but probably they only sent the good children. And I, like I said, I was the I was the trouble one. I'm the one who's the talkative one, so I probably wouldn't have been a good representative to send to the, you know that represented the school. So um, yeah, forget about that. But um, I just remember being enamoured by the um, the American exchange students because they talked about psychology, and that was how I then developed an interest in psychology. And I'd later on go on to do that as an O level in college, and then. Um, so I started doing the A-levels law, A-level psychology, but kind of dropped out because I wanted to sing because by then I started singing in nightclub. But yeah, so yeah, in terms of the exchange students, no, I think the better exchange, the better speaking French, uh, those better at speaking than French probably would have gone on the trip, but the teacher wouldn't have dared let me know it was happening. Oh, I feel sorry for you. I feel like you've been missed, you've missed out there. <laughs> Don't, I was enjoying my life, just doing it the way that I wanted. But, but no, don't tell the students. Students shouldn't do that now. My children are never allowed to hear me say this. <laughs> it's uh, do as I say, not as I do. It, I'm sorry, it's the truth. <laughs> the psychology thing is interesting, that that's, you know, that's how you, you became interested in it. And perhaps doing interesting things like that early on it obviously really appealed to you and that that kind of that subject is a really fascinating topic isn't it it really is and like I said I went on to do that and get an O-level in that and basically I I had never really heard of it and then by the time we had these exchange students from the states they seem to be more advanced but then I find that even down to now I don't want to be critical of our, our British school system but in terms of even down to languages when we had exchange students coming over from other countries. They always were able, like the students could always speak more than one language. And I think that the UK, I think we start our children on languages much later than they should They should be learning them. Um, and I felt that, you know, there's certain courses that, you know, they wait in the UK for the kids to hit a certain age, but I felt other places seem to be more advanced. And the fact that I didn't know really about psychology and child psychology until I had these exchange students you know, come to the school and start talking about psychology. That that was so intriguing. And I think that's when I started thinking, mm, I could probably, you know, maybe I'd like to work with children and, you know, become an educational psychologist or a child psychologist. And um, yeah, um, and, and that, that at the time seemed like it was going to be fun and, and it seemed like it was going to be something that I would definitely take an interest in. I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know that my my journey would totally change and I'd be doing my first love, which is making music. So you're painting a picture of yourself as being a bit of a, a, a cheeky one and chatty and, you know, fun in class. But did that land you in yeah. detention sometimes? Was that ever...? No, of course. There would be times when I, you know, oh, my God. I would. I do remember getting a few detentions because of the fact that, you know, I've been caught talking in class. And, but I wasn't always the one talking, but I was always the one who got caught. 
you know, um, you know, I wasn't like a sole kind of person who was on my own. I wasn't talking to myself, but um, yeah, I would sometimes land in detention. So, but but not too often. I, you know, I wasn't like cheeky to the teachers. You know, it was a case of you know when you're at school, especially in my time. Thankfully, we didn't have you know the cane or anything like that. I probably would have run off. But um, it was just a case of yeah, being forgetting you know and I'd talk and somebody else would talk back and you know yes but I would not I do not condone that behavior now <laughs> when you were you mean when you were saying earlier about you were singing in the cafeteria and you're having lots of fun at lunchtime yes. what were the school lunches like at your school was were you doing that because you know what was on offer wasn't worth eating or no no it was just I say that not because I wouldn't necessarily wait for there to be. It wasn't like sitting there with anything like I don't know uh, uh, Harry Potter and there's lo- lots of tables and stuff like that and the rooms filled. It was pretty much that I'd go in and there wouldn't be a lot of us because each class, you know, we go to dinner, but sometimes I say like we go to lunch, but you know sometimes the halls hadn't finished, hadn't filled up, so you'd have a few of your mates around, or if you're having your fifteen minute break and you're in the you know the little area then you know I could go and just you know muck around but I don't think I was as brave as doing it in front of the whole school but those who were closer to me and some of my immediate classmates I would do that little sing song on my own or with them but that's what I used to do but it, it wasn't like a Harry Potter thing where everyone's in the cafeteria or in the lunch hall and there I am as brazen because I wasn't that brazen I was I was I was cheeky and I loved singing along and I just like I just liked having a laugh and just but you know music was my thing so you know I remember singing whilst we were going to lessons you know in the corridor there's this one corridor and it's funny because I even have dreams while I'm in the school corridor but it's like a when I say corridor it's not like a long corridor you have to go like the top there's the top floor but then there's these steps and they go round but you go round and down and sometimes I'd sing going round and down there um so that's how it was so in terms of me singing yeah I see that a lot but in terms of would I wait for there to be loads of people hell no but the dinner ladies would always know and catch me but it was fun they, they never told me off and you know I'd do it for a few of my friends and you know like I said if it got too filled up then I wouldn't I wouldn't then whatever I was doing I'd cease but I would never do it when there's loads of people because I was not I was I was brave but not that brave it sounds like like you enjoyed the you enjoyed it for it being a musical moment, but it wasn't about showing off. It wasn't about being the centre of attention. Exactly, and I never felt I was a great singer. I just loved singing. I, it was never about me, you know. No, and I used to go to school with Misha Paris, but we went to the same primary school, and then she went off to a separate secondary school. Now she had the most incredible voice, and growing up and hearing her voice and listening to mine. Back then, I didn't really appreciate my voice because I'd heard Misha's voice and I was like, oh my God, she sounds incredible. So I just loved singing and it was just something, well, I just loved singing. I never thought I'd be, you know, doing anything spectacular, but I just loved singing and I loved listening to the Top 40 on a Sunday, you know, I was a big 80s ram child. So, but musically, it was all about music. Like you said, I didn't want to show off. I just wanted to have fun. Now, did you enjoy your PE lessons as much as you enjoyed your music music lesson and being musical? You know something? 
I did enjoy PE lessons more. I think we used to play netball and I wasn't that great at it. And I used to love when we'd run and stuff like that or doing, you know, just outdoor things like that. Um, and I was very athletic as a child and very competitive. And I say that in the sense of um, now, oh, my God, I've got a treadmill. I go on that. I'm like, oh, I'm going to come off already. But when I was younger, I used to love running. I used to love, you know, be on bikes. And at school, it was very much about netball and rounders and stuff like that. And I very much participate. So um, it was a fun thing. And I think, especially now, we're, we're trying to push the, the agenda of sports in school. I think that's a great thing. Oh, fantastic. Okay, what position did you play in netball? Because I think that tells you a lot about a person. Like, you know what? If you ask me what position I played, I can't even remember. It's like... I can't, you know what, I can't even remember. And my daughter then went on to play netball, but I can't remember because it was one of those things where, no, that's what I'm saying. I loved all the other things. I wasn't that great at it, but I played it. And, you know, it's just a case of, I wasn't, put it this way, I wasn't the one that they wanted to go and send um, to Scott, oh, what was I saying, to put the ball in the net. That wasn't a position they would have given me because I would have probably missed every single time. But yeah, so in terms, if you say what position, all these years I couldn't tell you what position, probably not the best position, but I enjoyed just playing and, and because you can, in between, you can talk to your friends, you know, in between. It was that chance to be <laughs> social, one, chance to like take part, like that's why you enjoyed sports. Yeah, exactly, because it was outside, it wasn't in the classroom, it was outside and, you know, um, you know, you could, you know, I just remember our short skirts. I remember, our, you know, our bibs that we put on, um, you know, to say what position in terms of, like I said, I love playing, but I couldn't tell you what I was. I couldn't tell you what position I would have because it wouldn't have been like, I wasn't goal scorer. I wasn't the one, you know, who you'd have to pass. And so I sound rubbish, but what I'm trying to tell you is that it, I love playing sports. I wasn't good at that. Running, I'm off. Pass the bat on, I'm off. You know what I mean? Things like that. But anything else, hell no. So I enjoyed sports for the fact that you could just be outside. You wasn't in the classroom. You weren't sat there at, at a desk for like an hour or, you know, 55 minutes, things like that. No, for me, it was always about the outside. Outside and singing. Although I'm not a sporty person in the sense of, right, I'm going to be on the team or blah, blah, blah. That was more my daughter's thing. She was on the team. She was on the netball team. You know, it sounds to me like now as an adult, you should ditch the treadmill and find a netball team to join. It'd be more fun. No, because you've got to show your legs. I don't do short skirts. <laughs> no, you know something. I would love just to see. I see the girls. I, like, I watch the American, the American uh, the basketball one on TV, and it's just more about how tall they are. But in terms of how tall they are and how long their legs are and how quickly they can get across the, you know, across the court. But for me, it's a case of, I just, it's just nice. It was just nice to be outside, you know what I mean? So I would have been happy to do anything. Did they go in for lots of like nice school plays? Did you have um, like a yearly play that they put on and that you took part in? We did have plays. I remember the one play I remember I was in and, I, oh, yeah, now we're going to have a laugh. Right, so it was, do you remember the day, well, you were too, it sounds like you were too young. I was, I loved John Travolta in the days of Staying Alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he was singing with Olivia Newton-John. And there was the movie, I can't remember the movie, was it Grease? Where Grease. That's it. They, they do this, yeah, they do this dance scene and then he picks her up and scoops her. I was meant to play John Travolta. 
my mum was meant to get me a pair of trousers and she didn't. So although I, I love the fact that we put on school plays, I always remember that one because that was probably one of the few ones that I was in. I don't remember any other one. And I only remember that one because I remember to this day being upset with my mum that she didn't get me trousers. And I ended up doing my part in a, like a, a corded, like, what's it like? A cord with straps. Uh, oh, what's it? Or, or a corded dress, but it was like, Semi, not short, short, but it had like, dun that's it, a dungaree dress that was corduroy. And I was like, this is not trousers. But she couldn't get me trousers. I don't know why. So, yeah, I always remember, I'm, I probably remember that for the wrong reason, but I, I did enjoy it because it was, you know, it was a play. Uh, I don't, I, when I think back now, it was like a little, we were reenacting a little scene and whatever it was, it was about the music. And like I said, I got to play John Ford. I didn't care. I didn't look like him, obviously, clearly not. But um, I didn't care. I loved him. So maybe that's why I kind of volunteered. <laughs> I'll be John Travolta. It sounds yeah, really it good fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've kind of been involved in schools again with The Big Sing. Tell me a little bit about how that went. Oh, my gosh. The Big Sing, it was such an amazing thing to be a part of that because of the fact that, you know, it's the opportunity to kind of be before young younger people coming up. I mean, you know, these are children. I don't know. Are they primary school or secondary school ages? And you know, they're they're probably you know finding and, and discovering new things to love, and whether it's a new lesson. And um, with regards to music, just the idea that I know how inspiring music can be, and if you have the right music person, right music teacher, so much fun could be had in in those classes. And I say that because I didn't have a music teacher that was inspiring for me. But I know there are other great musical teachers. And, and I know that just because of the teachers that some of my children had um, for music. And I just felt that it was nice to kind of give back to be able to do this, let people know how much fun you can have, let people know there's so many different instruments you can learn. You can, you know, your voice is an instrument, but you can play something. And just the, the idea that this is available, that music is an option for people, for youngsters coming up. And I think it's quite terrifying to think that there's a suggestion that it's no longer going to be a priority. And I hope I've got that wrong, because if it is that, you know, schools and the government are thinking of taking music off the curriculum or not giving as many opportunities, then it's a sad day because, like I said, for somebody like myself who wasn't interested in the, you know, in the hist historical part of things or geography, but, you know, the idea of, you know, I loved English, but you associate that with the fact that later on I love music. Well, I've always loved music, to be able to connect the two. And so to know that kids get the opportunity to be able to use music as a form of release, you know, a form of release to, and, and, to, and to be happy, you know, music, you know, can be listened to across the, you know, just across, just, across the board of people, it unites people. And I just think, you know, just to be able to have the opportunity to know that, you know what, here's your opportunity. What do you want to play? You know, there's so many people who've gone before you and, you know, this is how music in, it motivated them. And I just think that if music can inspire people to just be themselves, to come out of their shell, some people don't interact with people well, but then they can if it's because... Well, I love music and this person loves music. We've got something in common. You know what I mean? And I just think that, you know, to be able to do this and to, and to have many people tell their story, you know, to showcase the different types of music there are and the different type of artists 
there are and that you can become and you know it's I just think it's it's you know just to be able to support young people's creativity I think that's why I'm, I'm you know I'm enjoying and have enjoyed doing this and being a part of this just because I was once young and although I'm still young at heart but you know I, I feel that you know music plays and still plays a very important part of my life and you know like I said not everybody is destined to destined to have an office job and there's nothing wrong with office jobs that some people they're so creative and you can't contain them and whether that's allowing them to play music to be and later on to brace stages or to if you're not bracing huge stages then you're playing in your local pub or playing you know even becoming a school teacher but just to have the opportunity to do what motivates and inspires I think that you know I want you know people need to know that you can it's not it's not just the set jobs that are out there. There are other things you can do. And, and, and music is just one. But, you know, music is what I know and what I've loved for all my life. And, yeah, what can I say? I just feel blessed and honoured that I've been able to be in a field that doesn't feel like I'm working. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's how many people say, you know what, I enjoy going to work. Like most people hear about most people I speak to moan about going to work and there I am my son even says oh mum I don't know how you say you've got a job it's not even it's not even work what you do it's just fun so you know so that's how I feel about it and the more people that can experience that if that's your chosen direction in life then I think you know we should have the opportunities and we should be able to give the youngsters the opportunities and a lot of those youngsters who did, took part in the big sing would have been discovering your music p- p- possibly even like the first time. Now, if they wanted yeah. to go and catch you on tour, I believe that you're you're touring soon. Yes, I'm touring in November. I'm going to be going around the country with a live band. I love performing performing with my band. And in the meanwhile, I'm a bit I'm going to be at festivals for the summer. So I'm just having a lot of fun, and a lot of the festivals I'm doing, like I've been doing a few pubs in the park where whole families come along. You know what I mean? You can come with your children. There are like chefs. You can you can have picnics and, you know, and I think that that's where, you know, the youngsters can kind of come and catch me. And, you know, and if you're, you know, old enough to catch my show, because I think there's like age limits in some shows. I hope not, though, because um, I have seen a couple of youngsters. Then people need to come along because this is what I do and this is what I love and, and this is what you love. I hope this motivates and inspires you to, to to continue on your road of whether it's writing music and you know singing music you know just being a writer and maybe giving it to someone else you know if that's if you're not the singer of your songs there's so many things you can do within the music industry so yeah so that's my thoughts on it all that was brilliant thank you so much and thank you for being my guest today thank you my darling thank you very much <laughs> <laughs>